nema, rev dna, rev rof, jog et dna, revop et modnik, et si enyut, rof, liv mof, su rivail tub, not hatmet, otni, ton, su dael dna, su tisniaga, sapseret, tat met, Evigrof, iu sa, se saperit, ro su, evigraf, na, derb, iliad, ro, yad, sit, su, evig, nevea, sni, sitisa, etrea, ni, enod, eb, elu, yet, imok, monik, yet, iman, yet, eb, devola, nevea, Ni tra hiku retaf ro. The Lord's Prayer backwards. Welcome to the Feast of Torches. We welcome back today Antonio and his many names. I'm not going to repeat them. You already know them. <laughs> then we have the mysterious Veles to join us today on our lovely continuing discussion, Christianity and the craft. He is rather mysterious. I mean, just, just look at him over there. I'm a woman of many <laughs> slinks in the shadows, Six. but yet knows everybody. That's also very true. I was like, I met this guy and I was like, he knew like every person, even people I didn't know. I was just like, I was like, oh, okay. This is. <laughs> I'm my high priestess as Reconnaissance Crow, my new title. Is Reconnaissance Crow. I love that. That is honestly, that's pretty iconic. I'm not even going to lie. Alrighty, so take it away, uh, Asazel. So, in the last episode, we talked a lot about the influences within Christianity and the craft and how they affected us in moving forward with our practice, in analyzing how we understand our practice, and even some things in how they affected uh, how we viewed a lot of our methodology in understanding the craft itself. So today's episode, we're going to be talking more about just the history behind all the magical aspects of Christianity. And so one of the things that I would love for Antonio to explain to me again is uh, the worship of Jesus' vagina. Because it was the side wound. That's that's right. <laughs> that's what okay. It, but you called it Jesus's vagina. It and is, but I, it, like, I need you know, explanation. Why? I mean, no explanation needed. That's pretty straightforward. <laughs> I think you know how. No, but really, yeah. So I mean, like I was saying, so there was this. I'm. We're gonna get into it more, uh, I guess, as we talk about in the podcast. But I think that this is one of those like. Wait, we can start here. No, <laughs> we are. Begin. No, I'm. No, I'm saying we're gonna let me finish my train of thought. Really, no, really, let me finish it before it goes, because you know how this goes. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of remnants of the divine feminine that are left within Christianity, particularly really within Catholicism, uh, if we're really looking at it. Uh, not so much Protestant Christianity. Uh, so in, to clarify, I'm talking, when I say Christianity right now, I'm, again, I'm referring to Catholicism. But anyway, so there's this 
there were still semblances or semblances of this left, like uh, the worship of Mary, for example, even though she's only mentioned no more than five times in the New Testament. But Jesus's side wound, which if you see the depictions, which I don't know if uh, you can maybe include links to it, uh, was literally the worship of Jesus's vagina or like the divine feminine, I mean, through this kind of like perspective. So, I mean, there's tons of medieval art filled with just I use the word veneration because that's what it is. I mean, the side wound was thought to resemble the mysteries of God and like the deeper things and yeah, everything associated essentially with what we attribute to the goddess. Uh, it was just their way of honoring, again, the divine feminine without really outright having to say, hey, we're worshiping the goddess or a type of goddess figure. Rather, instead, it's the side wound that looks mysteriously a lot like a vagina and you know, we're just going to kind of rock with it. The other thing that I was talking about was uh, we talked last episode about the five, uh, about the pentacle. I mentioned the five wounds of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, and each of those points were also, you know, places of that were considered very holy. And, you know, there's, there's, there was, ice I mean, clearly, right. Uh, <laughs> I, that was good. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, <laughs> but again, one of them was the, veneration or just the desire for the ring of flesh or which was jesus's circumcised foreskin uh saint catherine had and this is another thing which um if i'm not mistaken now they call it i think mystical christianity or something like that but back then they it was they talked about the divine union and there was very very often that you would read things about saints um, nuns claiming to be married to Christ. In one of these instances, it was mm -hmm. St. Catherine, who, again, the Mar Jesus proposed or signified the union with a ring of flesh, which was literally his own foreskin. And, I mean, that is, I mean, Van Gogh, take, take bueno. note. Like, you know, like those, if that's really how you want to win a girl's heart, like that's <laughs> that's the way to go. Let me give you my piece of me. Oh, that's, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, and it go. Oh God, no. Okay. Oh, uh, uh, take it, take it away. So, someone else chime in here on that. <laughs> why did you do this? You did this to us. You did this to us, Justin. Oh, Jesus, the imagery of that. Which you mentioned, um, Saint Catherine. Is there any sort of? I mean, because I know in especially in Catholicism, there's lots of veneration of the saints. Mm -hmm. Is there any specific? I guess saints that are specifically to tied to magic. Saint Cyprian. Although mm -hmm. St. Cyprian is not, St. Cyprian is one of those saints that uh, a lot of the saints actually were people. Um, St. Cyprian is one of those that is debatable if he was a person or not. And But more particularly, um, he's not actually, he's kind of like Santa Muerte in the sense that it's like he's a saint, but not really a saint. It just kind of got to the point where he was being venerated and rather the church liked it or not, like, he had changed mm -hmm. he attained sainthood he did you know like that that's just what happened uh so saint cyprian is i think is one of those saints uh, first things that comes to mind that's really heavily particularly tied to magic because if i'm not mistaken his story went was that he was a he was a pagan sorcerer who was defeated mm -hmm. by i can't remember the name of this the name of the saint but she defeated him by signing the cross and it was it um just was it Saint Justina? Justina, I think it was Justina. That, that he was in love with. Yes, yes. And then he was like he converted to, to Christianity, uh, Christianity to try to get to her. And but yeah. yeah, and he impressed her, or she impressed him by overcoming his magic by signing the cross or whatever. But yeah, so that's mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's his story. So I mean that's the only one that I could think. But then you think other ones that kind of reach that same kind of um 
sainthood uh marie laveau you know Mm -hmm. i think she's another really great example of not officially a saint but i mean she is still prayed to you know and venerated by many people and that is essentially i think how you attain something like sainthood i i think that's what to me i feel like that's what divides saints ultimately from just regular people who die and it's the backing of people who continue to pray to you and give energy to to your being ultimately Mm -hmm. um which is why i think working with saints even as a witch is is just so convenient because again the saints were the idea was at least that they were people so being that they were actual people they maintain the same attributes they did in life, which means that they'll help anybody. So it's like, you don't have to be a Christian or a Catholic to do a novena to St. Joseph, you know, for a job. He will help you if St. Joseph feels like he wants to help you. Or St. Expedite, for example, who Mm -hmm. I love for anybody who is listening to this. St. Expedite, if you need anything quickly, fast and weirdly, like just effective, uh, St. Expedite is definitely the way to go. I would hope so. It's in the name. I know. I know. It's, it's San Expedito. Like, it better be on point, swift as the wind. No, but he is. Uh, his story is actually really cool, too. Um, There's also a Catholic prayer called the Memorari, which essentially is a prayer to Mary that reminds her that says, you once said that you would help anyone who came to you, and so today you're going to help me, and you can't refuse because you won't go back on your word. Oh, my God. It, is that the one that is... Uh, Never has it been known to you that anyone who has come to thy aid, uh, you have denied intercession or something like that. I love that prayer. I love, oh, I just got the goosies. Because she's the queen of heaven yes. and the mother of and God. the mother of God. Even God would defy his mother's will. That's what I tell people, though. That's what I tell people. You know, people are really trying to get in good with the son of God, but you really want to get in with the mother of God. I mean, if anyone. Like, it's just like, it's, it's, if, if anyone's going to tug on, on God's ear, it's going to be his mom you know so uh no but i do i think that that prayer is really powerful and i actually it's funny you say you brought that one up because i use that one in particular when i'm doing workings with expedite um i always open with that prayer to mary i mean i love mary i I have i have her all over my house now before you were talking about um before we started the episode you were talking a bit about how there was people outside of the garden of eden that worshipped uh ashroth or um inanna Mm -hmm. And so, like, do you think that there is some, I guess, similarities between the honoring of the Queen of Heaven outside of the garden and then the honoring of Mary in this, like, that same similar? Absolutely. A thousand percent. The people outside of, uh, like, like uh, Velez said, uh, Cain went to go marry a woman from the land of Nod, which were, like you said, the Sumerian people, the Canaanites, you know, which whichever tribes uh, that they had broken off to. But Yahweh himself is a conglomeration of mm-hmm. quite a few of the of the Canaanite deities, you know, from Ale to Baal uh, and, and a few others. Mary is no different in, down to her iconography. And I tell people this all the time, because if you look at the imagery and the depictions and the descriptions of Astarte, she's queen of heaven. She's mother of God or the gods, you know, she has the moon beneath her feet. She has a crown of stars. You know, it's just like, these are still images that are, that are associated with Mary to this day. So uh, I I think that when Christianity kind of comes around, like it, it wasn't difficult for them to say, oh, Ishtar, you know, you know, Asherah, Mm -hmm. Mary, sure. We'll run with that. 
you know, it's it's the same thing. That's why I say it was not diff- she's only mentioned no more than five times in the whole in the whole Bible. You know, but really? yes, Mary is mentioned no more than five times in the entire New Testament. That's it. However, she is at very important places, like, for example, when the Holy Ghost comes down for the first time at Pentecost. Mary is amongst the first to receive the Holy Spirit. So she's there. So, and I think that in itself is interesting that Mary is there and amongst the first to receive. Uh, this the the power of the spirit that was promised essentially, which even going back further in the Gnostic thought again, listen listeners correct me if I'm wrong, but the serpent in the garden was Sophia, the third person of the Trinity, which would have been the creatrix Mary, it would have been the mother aspect of that anyway. So I feel like just just once and even even the imagery as well as. This down to the curse in the garden, how he puts enmity between the woman and the snake. Um, mm-hmm. All of that, I just feel like, just ties back to Mary and her ties to the mystical. If that makes any sense, because mm-hmm. it's it's all it's all symbolic. The the, the the Eden story is all allegorical. We all know this, except for obviously fundamentalists. But you know, for those of us who are obviously not yet caught the drift. Um, the Creation Museum. Hmm? The Creationist Museum. The, the creationist uh when all the classical images of mary show her also standing standing on the snake yes exactly Mm -hmm. she's stomping the snake so it's just like there's there's this tie back that i just from the very beginning it's her it's her i think that that mary is is the goddess asherah ishtar whatever continuing to survive uh, Mm um in christianity today um just like even still the popes uh modern popes is to uh dagon you know, and even Jesus's association with Dagon, the pagan god of the sea, and his association with the Jesus fish, and Jesus fed five thousand with a bread of loaf and two fish, and just all these fish symbolism keeps coming back to Jesus. So again, if I'm not mistaken, Dagon is also from the uh, Sumerian, uh, like kind of pantheon as well. I was saying, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I believe he's from the. I if not Sumerian, he's from that region, um, at the very least. But still, it's just all these ties to Dagon, the fish god. It's just, it's just re. Christianity is really just rebranded, uh, old Canaanite <laughs> religion. Is this is what it is? Then, like, would you consider then ancient Christianity to be like the mystery, the mystery cults of Greece? A thousand percent. The not yes, yes, yes. Absolutely absorb the mystery cults of Dionysus, the mystery cults of Isis and Horus, the mystery cults of Diana, the mystery cults of Eleusis. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that it's was all there in the mm-hmm. mystic text. Absolutely, it has it has all of the elements of it. If you're looking at Gnosticism, and then when you look at the Book of Revelation, the reason why the people don't understand the Book of Revelation is it's a book of initiation. That's why people don't get it. it's the most Gnostic text there is in the Bible. It's highly symbolic. It's veiled with because mm-hmm. remember the Greek apocalypse means unveiling. You know, so it's just there's an unveiling. What how you you know, for those of us who are initiated, that's that's what happens to you. It's the mysteries are unveiled. So it's it, it it the fact that this is called the apocalypse of John, the unveiling of John, the deeper mysteries being known to John. This is the most mystical book there. That's why people don't understand it because they're reading it literal. Like y'all really fucking think that a ten-headed dragon's gonna come out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads? Like you really did you not watch Hercules? <laughs> I'm sitting right here, Antonio. I'm sitting right I'm here. Sit- <laughs> He's like, that is incredibly rude. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm right fucking here, Fred. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
I am so sorry. Uh, let me get out of here. No. But yeah, so I think biblical literalism is it's the crutch of Christianity. It's 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 what's really keeping them, I think, from understanding this book is because they're mm-hmm. reading these things like literal stories. And the I I don't I don't think irony is the right word to use, but the the, the funny thing about it is that the ancients who were actually around this time understood that these were just stories so like the fact that we're here two thousand years later and we're supposed to be more advanced in understanding and we're reading this shit literal is what boggles me like i uh, anyway i'll digress maybe they shouldn't burn half the world and we would have more things to pick from well, you know, there's also the conspiracy that the Library of Alexandria... It's all in the Vatican. Yes! Do you think that's true? I mean, listen, who I think knows the, what the Pope is hiding? I, you know, I was going to say, I'm glad you said it. I was like, you know, I mean, to be honest, the Vatican kind of is the shadow power behind everything. But so I wouldn't tell. I'm not saying Illuminati. But, like, but... It's a little sus. That's a little suspicious to me. Let's also, you know, now all of a sudden the Pope is all about aliens. But you know what? We're not going to take it there because this this are this, you secretly the pope? This episode is not about that. Yeah, you don't see my my cone shaped head. I actually hide it with the hat. I know. That's <laughs> that's yeah. with my Dagon fish head hat. I was always wondering why your head was shaped like that. Yeah, that's actually I'm an Anunnaki. Mm-hmm. I'm a reptilian. The real mystery is that you think you're hiding it. <laughs> The real mystery is that he thinks he's hiding anything. Well, who said I'm trying to hide anything, first of all? I've always said I'm an alien. Definitely ain't from here. Um, So what would you say is, I guess, the magical connections between the idea of the nuns marrying Christ or marrying God? Those who think that those are different. Does, Does that same, like, I don't know too much about Christianity, but does that same, I guess, idea still apply to like the priests are they also married to god yeah yes absolutely because the when christ comes back he's coming back for the bride and the bride is Mm. is the church so we are all brides of christ like that's that's how it was taught especially or also to me in church is that male female doesn't matter we are all brides of christ because it says in well the bible says that when we are in heaven it says that we are like the angels right so angels are not they don't have genders so we are neither married nor given in marriage like mortally, but we're all unified with Christ in the same kind of way like the angels are. So mm. which is also kind of interesting, which opens up, I think, a door for the whole uh, um, dialogue about trans people within the church and Christianity as well. Because, I mean, if the Bible is quite literally saying there is no gender in heaven, then I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that kind of opens up a whole Pandora's box on the church's end of questions. Uh, that I don't think they have answers to right now. But going back to your original question, uh, I really do think that um, much like witches are, you would read the old stories about them uh, consummating their pact with the devil and he would come and sleep with them. Uh, I think that that's kind of like- Telling our secrets. I didn't want to tell my personal story, but- (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get into that, please, Jesus. I'm not going to no tell my personal intended. story, but yeah. <laughs> right. No, but anyway, I think it's along that same kind of idea. I think it's them just fully merging 
it's that it's that because that's what marriage is right you know it's mm -hmm. the bible says the two become one flesh so i feel like if you're marrying christ you're this mystical union you're you're merging with him i think it's that same kind of idea that uh they're wholly his you know they're just kind of one being they're they're you know i think it's i think that's what was going on in their head now the whole ring of circumcised flesh thing now you've really got me with that like things like that kind of you know, like the church talks a lot about like satanic shit and, you know, the devil. But I mean, that all sounds just kind of satanic to me. Like, I don't know. Like if like if I, you know, put it put it on the end, put it on the other end. It's like if I said the horn God appeared to me and gave me a ring of his circumcised foreskin, <laughs> their heads would explode. Oh, because I said Jesus. It's OK. No, that ain't. No, like that. I mean, if it was you, I, I, I'd be like, that tracks. That, I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> you know what, Je Tell me you're jealous without telling me you're jealous. Anyway. Um, did you get council approval to discuss these things with the world? It, you're going to get a very sternly written Facebook message. Oh, definitely not discussing this with the world. This one's definitely going in the chamber. However, if you'd like to discuss this via text in private all game, uh, <laughs> Justin already knows. Uh, anyway, was in the other room. <laughs> what? True. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, what. What are your thoughts on that, Velez? You think I have thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's official church teaching that the that the soul doesn't have a gender, mm -hmm. and uh, priests and nuns are are united in holy marriage to Jesus. So mm -hmm. two become one. Now, Fair. I was thinking more about the the ring of flesh. Like, like what was what your thoughts on the? That was all on you. Mike. That was I was more wondering, like, what you thought about that, perhaps. Um, whatever. We're gonna move on from the weird ring of flesh things. The, I mean, sometimes you get a little hungry in the. Night. Yeah, you just gotta nibble on it. You know, it's, it's, it makes a great snack later. It's when chicharron. Chicharron. I'm just gonna change the episode title to chicharron. You. <laughs> Everyone keeps bringing a fucking chicharron today. It was all foreshadowing Jesus's foreskin in, in topic today. What else were we? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we were all just so lost in the foreskin. Now, something I did want to talk about though is um, Christianity's influence in the diaspora uh, mm. and just kind of how it affected uh, where it touched and, and in different ways. Because something that I think is interesting is. The reason why things like Santeria, for example, were able to thrive and grow in the Caribbean is because of the Spanish slave owners who, their mentality was more acomplacerlos. You know, like it's whatever is going to keep them slaves happy, whatever. Like if they want to pound on their drum, they want to beat their drum and sing their songs, whatever, as long as they fucking work. And they profess mm -hmm. to be Catholic because that's really what it came down to for the Spanish is if you were Catholic, you know, so. That and the fact that the Spanish were Catholic made it even easier to hide all of their all of their gods that they were bringing with them. It was so much easier for them to be like, "Oh no, yeah, this is Caridad de Cobre. Like this is totally, absolutely, you know, that and not Oshun. You know, like it's it was they were able to do that." Whereas in America, you got the British who were Protestants, and they forbid any kind of music or any 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 language even from 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 them speaking that as well so they were completely cut off from their original 
religion practically. But what happened instead, you got hoodoo. So mm -hmm. then you started to get the Africans, and this is what I was talking about in the last podcast, is how you cannot separate spirituality from the African mind. It's that no matter what, it's going to be prevalent and in 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 what we do, no matter where we are. You know, whether we're in the Caribbean, whether we're in America, it's just like that's that's just what's gonna happen. You know, so you, you look at the in Santeria when they're getting um montado possessed uh if you will and they move in these erratic trance like movements and then you look at the southern baptist churches and the pastor is getting filled with the holy ghost and moving about the churches the same way and they're speaking in tongues and they're prophesying and everyone's dancing and everyone's moving in these trance like behavior that's what they were doing back in the motherland you feel me so it's just mm -hmm. like so i think it's interesting that no matter how hard christianity tried to implement or impose itself they're still found a way for just the mystical aspect to come out of it because it's mystical you can't read this shit and not go oh i see what this is if you weren't already pagan and i feel like the ones who weren't catching that were the were the ones who were preaching it because they were already so far removed from what these original yeah. symbols were from what these things were that they're just reading this for what it is meanwhile you're getting our people and 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 the pagan people from other places coming across it and going oh i i know what that is yeah we can rock with it this way we're still going to roll our mat we'll use our magic this way instead and that i think is really amazing but i think it speaks to as well as just the underlying mysticism just in in christian in in the bible it's there it's there as someone who grew up in again i was a woman of the lord for many years and apparently you both were i <laughs> listen we still are i should say listen we're still women of god um i catch good sister over here velez every sunday uh, <laughs> at kingdom come southern baptist oh. um anyway of course that's what it's called of course it's called so we we're on the potluck committee <laughs> What, yeah. you bring the pot and Velez brings the luck? Yeah. <laughs> Is that how that works? No, it's he brings the pot and then they get lucky if I show up. That's that, that's, oh. the, that's, 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 also true. that's that's the way. Uh, no, but... Uh, oh, no, I was saying, as someone who grew up amongst um, just a lot of Christianity and various kinds, I was in Baptist churches and I was in charismatic churches and, you know, the Pentecostal ones. And at some point I was a Seventh-day Adventist, which is a very interesting journey. Um, Why? Because I went really deep down, like the biblical, like literalism thing and how the book of Revelation talks about how there's going to be a mark of the beast. This is what Seventh-day Adventists think. It's this intense. So they believe that Sunday worship is the mark of the beast and that everyone who goes to church on Sunday is worshiping the beast and that they're going to hell because the true Sabbath is the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday. So Seventh-day Adventists go to church on Saturdays because that's the true Sabbath uh, to them or Shabbat. Uh, and son, everyone who goes to church on Sunday is going to hell. And that's what SCAs believe. Uh, so again, you know, I was 16 and very impressionable and on YouTube. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go to hell. So 
So you became a witch. Like I already gave up dick. Like I, it's so. <laughs> um. So how did all of that Jesus lead you to become Satan's concubine? Oh well, concubine, concubine. I love that. Yes, Satan's concubine. Um, honestly, just the more I started to read the Bible and get really into the etymology and the history behind it, and really once I started to come across Gnosticism that really started to open me up to okay so there is like a a magic i guess to christianity there's some kind of mystical something here with christianity and then that just went deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole and then i started to come to the conclusion well there is a divine feminine there's a goddess of some kind and, and then know, you went to a florence and the machine concert and saw the goddess i did and then here we are i did and here we are here we are and uh, <laughs> uh which actually funny enough at that concert uh no it was i don't know if you remember were you yeah, there? that it was where you met that witch yes who was gardnerian do you remember and we never found out who the fuck that was yeah we never found out who she was like i like i was like damn we really gotta find out but who this hoe is but mind you this is before oh no are you no that was before any... yeah that was before everything but you told me about it after that you had went to the Florence and Machine concert, and this random lady came up to you, and she was like, "Blessed be." Yes, yes, yes. The, yes, the lady hair. with the dark hair. But you were with me at that concert, right? No, you weren't. This was the one before that, because I've seen Florence like concert. three or four times. <laughs> so I'm not sure which instance it was. But yes, at one point, yes, there's a girl with dark hair, and yeah, you know, I just started talking. She was like, "Yeah, blessed be," and she's like, oh, "I'm all about that." Blah, blah. And then, yeah, she was like, "I'm gardener," and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And, and he goes home and googles "blessed be." What is this? And I led him down the dark path. And now I'm saying now I'm Satan's concubine. So here I am. Blessed be. Blessed be. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the cock. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's mysteries. You know, I also had this. Um, I don't think you were there. I don't know what. I don't know, maybe you gave me something I, or smoke something that you gave me. I have no idea. Probably. Something. But I remember I was going down some weird rabbit hole when I was uh, at the apartment that we used to live at, and. I just remember sitting outside and just like really thinking about Christianity and the, I guess the mentality of, of how people now view God or just their whole mindset, especially in America around Christianity. Uh-huh. And so it really got me thinking about, you know, if, if they have this understanding of, you know, trying to lead themselves away from the devil and he's the Lord of lies and, and all of these things, but it's like everything that you're doing in your day-to-day life it, you're, you're literally enacting everything that the devil wanted you to do. Yeah. yeah. And then you're worshiping him every Sunday. And so it's like the only devil that you know, you call him Jehovah. I mean, I, who was it? Was it, um, who wrote, who wrote, uh, ISIS unveiled Blavatsky. Uh, Blavatsky. Blavatsky. She, she proposed herself that, what we or the world knows as God is actually Satan. You know, it's like mm-hmm. that we have it the other way around. And that to me really struck a chord because of the fact that if you really think about it, the Bible says that the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Christianity's history, killing, stealing, and destroying are pretty much sum up everything that it's done. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of bloodshed and, and suffering that has become associated with Christianity is, is 
is unfathomable, you know? And you would have to think, is this the religion of God? Like, is this God? This is God's religion? Well, if this is God demanding people to die for him and to be killed in his name and, you know, for all these other things, just like, well, your God is starting to sound a lot like the devil. Mm -hmm. And to which, I mean, I would say, if that's the case, I mean, old, I mean, really, God hasn't changed. I mean, from the Old Testament, I mean, he's just always just been killing people. And that's why, you know, I, always, I've also, I often ask Christians now when I do come across them, unfortunately for them, because they really got the wrong one. Um, you know, how many people has God killed? Oh, well, you know, God has destroyed army. No, 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 no. Killed. Like, destroyed, killed. Like, we're, we're, I don't want you to separate this weird thing. So destroyed is we could oh so many. How many people has the devil killed in the Bible? Zero. 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 Satan is responsible for zero deaths in the entire Bible. And even and even if, even if some cocky Christian wants to come up and be like, oh well, actually here he killed this person. Yeah, sure, fine. I'll take the one versus the hundreds of thousands, if not fucking millions, that God has killed in the Bible. Just in the Bible. So, that, but that also um, that reminds me of a of a story of I want to say that they were called uh, Yazidi something, um, <clears throat> and they were a group in. Oof, I have no idea where they were from. Uh, it's been a while since I read since I read about it, but their but the, the, their mentality of it was essentially that. Uh, when, when God kicked Lucifer out of heaven and he sent him down to earth, um, he spent his time with humans and humanity. Oh, the peacock and he, angel. Yeah, and he gained, like so powerful that he was able to go back into heaven and told God, you know, I, like, I've gained this power because of my embrace of humanity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's time that you go spend time with your people and essentially kicked him down into, into earth and to and that that's how we got Jesus. And then it's it is Lucifer who essentially reigns heaven as the peacock angel. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that that story was really interesting because if you, I guess, just think about how the entirety of Christianity has played out, it's like okay, I can understand how you would look at it from that light as well. No, definitely. I mean, I I mean, to me, I feel like that. That resonates more with me than the traditional Christian notion of why God came to earth. And it's just kind of Mm -hmm. like, okay, so God had foreknowledge and made man, knowing that man would sin. Man sins. God punishes man. To redeem man's connection with God, God sends himself down as his son, kills himself as a sacrifice to himself to save himself from his own anger. And the rest of the world. <laughs> like, wait, wait, did I lose you in that? That's like, it's like, like it sounds like an internal conundrum of a narcissist. It's just like, it's, it's, it, to me, it almost is that. I don't know if you ever heard that. Uh, if God is so powerful, could he uh, create a, a rock that he himself couldn't lift? It's mm-hmm. kind of that same thing. It's just like, okay, so it, so did God make just this cosmic fuck up that just he himself had to go down here and just fix it up like is it one of those or like what's going on like you know i, I was like Ooh. 
Right. I would much, I definitely take the Peacock Angel story because it makes me think of kind of what Velez was talking a little bit earlier about the, 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 the Elohim, the divine council, mm-hmm. because if you're looking at it there from that frame, then you can very easily see how Yahweh and Lucifer could just be other gods. They're just gods together, mm-hmm. kind of just challenging each other. And it's just like, Hey, you know, it's good. I could see that more than once again, the traditional understanding of, of, Christianity, but then even you want to look at something like the Trinity, which is also completely unbiblical. You know, there, there's no biblical evidence at all ever to support the Trinity. There's no evidence to support that early Christians believed in the Trinity. Like that's just not that was not a, a triple God was not a concept to Jewish people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to a triple goddess, sure. You know, it's just like, and I think that's kind of one of the things that where Christianity started to merge with paganism, that was one of the things that they were like, yes, we're definitely going to keep on this Trinity kind of thing, this divine family almost thing, rather it's the Madonna and child, or it's, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it, um, it just, I guess. Isis, Osiris, and Horus. Right, right. You know, it just, this Trinity thing, like that was just never a thing at least to the early Christians in in the Bible. There's not that's why to this day Christians call the Trinity a mystery. It's not that it's a mystery. It's that it's not Christianity. <laughs> it's like that's <laughs> mystery solved. Like like that's that's really what it is here. No, there was a there's a story in uh, Jeremiah where the women in Canaan go to the temple mm-hmm. and say before when we were pouring out offerings of drink and honey cakes for the queen of heaven mm-hmm. we happy, yes and we had food mm-hmm. and there was there was peace in the land mm-hmm. and there was goodness but then you made us stop pouring out offerings to the queen of heaven and now everything is horrible mm-hmm. so we're going to go back to pouring out offerings to the queen of heaven because she answers our prayers uh-huh. and, and oh god ain't shit yeah. But I mean, but, go back to the queen. and the queen of heaven is, 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 was Asherah. You know, it's just like you, you could, you could not, that, that, that's like what you were saying a little bit uh, a while back, Velez, about how, you know, you take out Mary, his wife, you take out Mary, his mother and Anna, his grandmother, and you're left with a dead religion. You know, you're, you're, it's dead. It, there, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. Why? Because as a, if you have a male God, you can't do anything by yourself. It's just like you need the cons. You need he needs the consort. He he needs the goddess with him to create. That's that's what they were doing in their in in their creation stories. So for mm-hmm. you to strip the goddess out of the story now completely and just hijack it on this male narrative, yeah, the land is dying. Yeah, the land is fertile. Uh, is infertile. Yeah, there's there's no like you said. There's no pouring of libation. There's no honoring of of the divine feminine. This is not there. And then what do we get? War. Of life. It's a religion of death. And exactly. It's a, exactly, exactly. It's a religion of death and sacrifice. Look how much they fixate on death and suffering. That's, that's, that's the, that's the whole thing of everything. Everything in Christianity revolves around death and fear and suffering, even down to the Catholics who, what, the more you suffer, the closer you are to God. Like, you know, it's just, it's this weird sadistic relationship that they have with 
again, death and suffering that somehow in their minds is, is supposed to be divine and holy. And it's just not. I was I was half joking with a friend of mine the other day. And I was saying like, yo, like you ever notice how like Catholics and Christians and shit are the only ones that really be getting possessed? like involuntarily like it really only be them like getting terrorized by spirits and like being like, having a bad time and having and a having bad a- time you know like it's like well the rest of us are just like ah, yeah Somebody right right we just ride like, the wave yeah. you know we're like eh. like <laughs> we invite them some of us a little too much. right i right you know but uh I, when we go into our rituals and it doesn't happen, it's like fuck. Right, we're upset that a possession didn't occur. <laughs> you know, we, it's just like, what do like, we do? Wrong? Do we do wrong? <laughs> we're like, here these Christians go and they're just showing up and getting possessed. Like, what are we doing? Something they get wrong. movies made out of them. Like, what the fuck? no, but on a real note of, of 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 that, I feel like think about just again the energy that this religion's generating really is pretty low vibrational if you think about it because what were we talking about last time when you're praying to god what are you doing you're beating yourself up you're hating yourself you're begging to be forgiven for for being a fucking human you know everything you know what i mean it's just everything revolving and cycling around it and everything every energy that goes into it is suffering so it's like when you're constantly in this like low vibration of of just pain and 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 sorrow and and unforgiveness in yourself and hating yourself and and all these other things and then you want to throw on top of that y'all are really insulting and calling out the devil on the daily for whatever god knows what reason of course you're getting possessed like of course your shit's getting wrecked like i have never met people who spoke more about the devil and demons than christians bro like y'all talk about that shit more than we do like it's 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 madness to me it's madness i could not go through one sermon without listening to the devil they love it it's like horror movies for them like they love it they love they will fill the seats to be told about the devil i swear to god it's crazy well i've read accounts that that was part of the reason why the medieval church was so big on the devil and witches and all of that was because it was a good story <laughs> it is it's a we great story pews and it was infinitely more interesting than what they were doing people <laughs> love these ideas yes the witches are going off into the woods and they're fucking demons and like fucking each other and fucking a cow and like having a feast <laughs> and eating eating and drinking until they they're having a blast and, like, don't do that a great time so it's infinite but also don't fuck a cow wearing a gray dress <laughs> and being sad all the time right Right. Mm-hmm. So maybe that inspired people during those times be like, okay, we're going to fucking go out into the woods tonight and we're going to call up the devil mm-hmm. and fuck whatever we and find. And fuck whatever we find. <laughs> no, but he's but he's he's telling the truth though. I mean, it's the devil sells. It's a it's a good story. It's like he said, they figured people would rather sit and listen to horror stories about what happens to you in hell over anything about crying saints and you know all of the good acts of jesus you know it's just like no one wants to hear about that they want to be scared they want to be afraid like but then i feel like that just got taken and it just now it's to the point where fear is the highlight of the religion yeah that's become the mentality of everything that drives religion itself everything my friend tasha who was talking to her friend uh he was giving her this ridiculous example of he said that when you don't believe in god or when you don't accept god that god removes his divine protection from you 
which to me just opened up a whole box of what the fuckery, you know, like it's just like the logic. Um, actually, there is no logic in that. Like that is honestly absolutely ridiculous. But it just it just made me think back. It's just like, do you see that mentality though? It's the fear of I can't walk away from this because then bad thing God will remove His protection from me, and mm-hmm. bad things will start happening to me. And mind you, I mean it sounds hilarious to us, but when you're dealing with people who genuinely believe in these these powers or these beings for God to remove his protection from you is terrifying. It's it. That's an abusive relationship. It is. It absolutely is. And what did I talk about in the last episode? I compared Christianity to an abusive relationship. See, the fascinating thing I find out of that concept though, is let's take, let's just take for you, for example, when you left Christianity, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, (laughs) um, you know, you, you talked about having this mentality of, you know, you, you couldn't do any wrong. Like you, you couldn't be with another man. You couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, obviously indulge in your fascination with witchcraft mm-hmm. um, out of fear. Mm-hmm. But then when you did that, what happened? Like, like what happened? There was no smiting. Right. There was no. Right. And so it was just like this pre-assumed yeah. thing that would happen to you when more times than not, you're usually fine after, if not better. If not better. Yeah. It's like uh, Velez just said, it's an abusive relationship at that point. If you're taught that, if I'm God and I'm telling you, you're nothing without me, bad things will happen to you if you leave me. You know, it's just, it's like, you ain't shit without me type of thing. And, you know, it's just like, you know, you'll amount to nothing. Like uh, all, all, all of that. It's just like, this. does this sound like a good person to you? Like if this was a, a partner saying this, if this was a, a spouse saying this to you, it's just like, how do, how do, these, how do these things sound? You know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell people. I'm like, when you read the Bible and you're trying to break away, from, especially when you're, if, you're, if you're a Christian or, or you're someone who's struggling with uh, trying to, come to terms with your understanding of Christianity, I guess. Well, the best advice I could give you is don't read God as an infallible supreme source, but rather read God like a character in a book. And once you start doing that and you start analyzing his actions like a character or like a person, you start to come to just really startling and disturbing conclusions. Like this person is kind of twisted uh ridley scott i don't know if you ever saw exodus gods and kings a terrible movie but i will say it was so bad i mean first, Why did you bring that? i mean the whitewashing was just disgusting but aside from the glaringly white out uh problem uh anyway it was a really bad movie but one thing that i did think was really interesting, a gorny weaver isis <laughs> Yo, and on top of that, she had like three lines in the whole movie. Like, why was she in that? Like, I don't. And they showed her in the trailer. Like, she, that's just like Twelve Years a Slave, where they were like, "Oh, starring Brad Pitt." Yo, that man was in the movie for like three minutes at the end. Like, at the last ten minutes of that movie, he was in it for like three minutes. I was like, what? but they put him on every poster, on all the trailers. Like, I like it was like Brad Pitt. I was like, oh, guess not. Um, anyway, continue. Exodus Scott. Anyway, get to this Something I thought that was really interesting was Ridley Scott made God a six-year-old kid. 
And at first I was like, well, that's really dumb. Like, why did he do that? But then I was just like, well, wait a minute. And you think about the Exodus story, yeah, God's actions are childish, you know? And when you read that story, it's, you can't help but see it as God having a giant cosmic tantrum Mm-hmm. because the Jews aren't being allowed to leave Egypt. But what's even more interesting about that story um, is that the Bible literally says God hardened Pharaoh's heart against him. So the Bible literally says God made Pharaoh not allow the Jews to leave. He made Pharaoh not do that and then punished him for it. Like, like so it's like, I, I I just I just don't it's just so crazy to me. Or another really great one that Christians and I, I've sat through so many sermons of the less probably you también, the story of Job. They love to tell the story of Job about what a testament of faith that is and how Job, you know, was resilient even against the odds and God rewarded him. Did he rape his daughters? What? Wasn't that him? No. Was that him? No. No, his daughters were killed. Him. Yeah, so so what happens is, I mean, for those of us who are not familiar with the story of Job, is essentially God and Satan pretty much got a wager, and Satan's kind of like, yeah, you know, he, Job only really loves you because you give him everything. And God's just like, oh, yeah, probably. And he's like, yeah, I bet if you let me take everything away, he won't feel that way. And God's just like, you know what? You're on. You could do what ever you want to Job. You just can't kill him. He's like, All right, cool, sounds good. So God literally allows a, an earthquake to fall on him, kills his entire family, a famine, strikes, kills all of his livestock, the whole nine. Job loses everything. Then finally Job is stricken with what people think might have been smallpox by the description of it. But point is, is that homeboy is down and out dying. And his friends are like, yo, like, hasta cuando, bro? Like, can you just curse God and be done with it? Like, just get over this already. Like, this guy, this man is not listening to you. And Job is like, no, I refuse. And they're like, all right, we're, ya, ya no puedo contigo. Like, they, they're just like, I can't. And they left. And they're like, I just can't deal with you. So Job finally, in his suffering, asked God, why are you doing this to me? This is my favorite thing. And God, it says, and the Lord God answers Job from out of a whirlwind. And he says, who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? So then he, God starts to grill the fuck out of Job. And he says, where were you when I drew a circle above the face of the deep? Surely you would know. And where were you when I divided the waters and I divided the night? And he pretty much just cosmic big dicks Job and is like, don't fucking question me again. And then leaves. And then in the end of that, he rewards Job with everything all over again, and everything's okay. He gives Job a new wife, he gets a new family, and a new house, and that's it. Everything's great. Never mind the psychological trauma and deep emotional issues and scars that this man has from having his whole family killed and losing everything that he has and almost dying. That's all fine, because God gave him back everything in the end. Everything's all better. <laughs> like, God took care of it. Is that not yeah. disturbing? Like, 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 I'm sorry, like, what book are we reading? Because this is this is madness. I think this is why they explain the Bible to, to children initially. And then like, nobody learns this like as an adult, because probably. how the fuck are you going to tell that story to some kids and make it sound nice, bro. And then God came down and destroyed Job's family. <laughs> like, 
and then gave Joe back a better family. So fuck the other one like that. <laughs> they didn't matter. God gave them a new one. Don't you see? Like it's like. No, but I'm saying, but like at the time that these people are adults, they've already been so ingrained oh, in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't okay, question. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. Right, no, no, I see what you're saying. No, but like an adult who had no idea what Christianity was, and then you tell them the story, and they're just like, "Excuse me." Right. No, absolutely, because you can't tell this to an adult, like you said, and expect them to just be hunky dory with this. I got questions, like because I mean, if you, just look at the story of Job, going back to that. I mean, if that's God, your God sounds like a sociopath more than anything. Because if he really believes that he can kill your whole family and just give you a new one and that's going to make up for it, like, that's, I, 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 it's like, I, I've got news for you, man. Like, I, it's just, it just doesn't sit well. It, you, I don't know. God needs Prozac is what you're saying. Really badly. Really Maybe badly. Xanax. A lot. But then, see, it's crazy because that's Old Testament God. Then you get to New Testament God, and it's just like a total flip. Like, he just is now like a giant cosmic teddy bear. And he's just ready to love everyone. And it's just like, okay, well, who was... He went to rehab. <laughs> he's fine. He's fine now. Don't question it. But see, then that makes me wonder. It's just like, was... And I, I, like, I wonder now, like... If we were looking at deities in that sense, just like I wonder now if God in the Old Testament actually was a child, like he was actually like a kid, just a super powered divine brat throwing a tantrum and he grew up and, you know, later on in his adulthood, he's like, I've done some reflecting and, <laughs> you know, all that hellfire. Well, I mean, stone, I'm really not. I mean, correct that. me if I'm wrong, but weren't there also like stories of Jesus when he was a kid doing Batshit things oh, like other kids yes, on roofs. Yes, and the apocrypha. Yes, he shoved his friend off of a yeah. roof and then brought him back to life. Uh, yeah, that's how they described him as a divine brat. But I mean, it yeah. it, it makes sense though because I mean, think about it. If you're, you're a little kid and you've got fucking superpowers, of course you of course you're gonna do shit like that, you know. But um, and those are the more I think animated. Cause a lot of the mm. texts get really animated and and. Uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there's somewhere in someone showed me something in I could be wrong, but I remember I had a friend of mine and he was showing me something somewhere in the Quran that talked about Jesus's birth, but it talked about how he like stood up on his legs and like started like, uh, like preaching or saying something something like that, and I was just like, as a newborn, as a newborn, yes, bro. I was like, that's wild. Like, like can you imagine? This the shit. Saying that, <laughs> witnessing that. Like, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I'd be picturing this in my head, and I'm like, yo, I would lose my shit if I saw that in real life, bro. Oh, Not never. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. And no. now that child is the devil. That's I was about to. I was like, no, eso sí es el diablo. Like that. That's the devil. That's the work of the devil right there. <laughs> oh man. You know, if my grandma saw that, she that the baby would be dead. What? <laughs> I'd be like, you want to talk about bedevilment? That's it, that's it right there, right before your eyes. Now, having discussed all of that, again, trauma, like just even looking at that and, and understanding how, quote unquote, fucked all of, all of that was, it's still fascinating how much Christianity has dominated the world. Mm -hmm. And I think it's also in, like just important to understand that 
it's so ingrained in literally everything, at least in Western culture, and that includes the craft and things going back fucking hundreds of years. It's going to be ingrained in it. So when you have, you know, practices, even like today, even within, you know, our craft, there's very much an underlying Christian background that's there. Um, it may not be direct, but it's very loose in its origins and where these ideas and mentalities were pulled from. And, you know, having the entire neo Wiccan mindset of where things oh, not neo uh, are, <laughs> you know, it's like, it all essentially goes back to that. And everybody is so separated from, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave, you know, this one religion that I feel traumatized from. And then moving forward to this other religion that I feel like it's, you know, it's, and it's witchy, it's fun. <laughs> but in doing that, but it also, you know, not really understanding that the things that you're doing now, there's still a basis of Christian mindset in it in some yes, form. Yes, yes. And then the, you know, the idea of just like dealing and handling with that mentality and finding that out. Cause I think a lot of people tend to, either just be like, Oh, you know what? Fuck it all. Like, I'm just not going to do this anymore. It's just, it's in everything. And I think being able to move forward from that and understand that, yes, there are similarities between a multitude of different religions that are out there. It's also in, like important to just move past that and under, and just take what exactly is needed from it so that you can move on and heal right in any way. Right. The thing is, is I don't want to cut you off, but I feel like people's gripe isn't even Christianity when they really think about mm -hmm. it. It's mostly the church. It's right. It's the church and it's what, what it has been used to do to people. I think mm -hmm. is, but when you, but if you were to, if you look at Jesus's teachings, you know, you just really look at Christianity for what it is. I mean, mm -hmm. there's really nothing wrong with it. You know, like it's, it's it seems like a, you know, you're pretty standard religion you know that i would even compare has many relations to something like hinduism you know mm -hmm. but it's the way that people have taken and honestly perverted and twisted this religion and it's just it turns people off so i think it's just to the point now where it's hard for people to be able to separate to even see anything christian and not immediately associate their trauma with it. Mm -hmm. you know Where did you go? Tobacco bowl. <laughs> I need a divine inspiration. I, yes, exactly. From the sacred herb. Do you think it would be different if uh, Christianity didn't interpret the scripture as 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 literal text? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it definitely would. Um, I think having the mindset of things are open to interpretation and being okay with that would definitely change how people function within the religion yes, I and the variety of flavors that are in within the religion. Cause I think that a lot of the issues where it really stems from is this xenophobic mentality of yes. if they're not doing what I'm doing, they're on the wrong. Mm -hmm. They're the going to work. Yeah. Which I don't understand that mentality either. Cause it's like, if it's not you, you're going to be fine. If this is what you think is what you need to do. Like I don't like. I mean, that's that's one of my own issues that Wait, what do you, what do you I mean? have with like I need to impose my beliefs on you, mm -hmm. 
so that I save you or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I honestly think that that comes down to and <laughs> argue with your mama. But I honestly think it comes down to the fact that they do not have experiences to back their beliefs. And the only mm -hmm. way that they can have any kind of validation is by convincing other people to believe what they do, because then it becomes mm -hmm. real. You know, it becomes like, oh, if this person can also see this, this light that I'm talking about, then this must be real. You know what I mean? They can sit here, but whereas that's what makes us as, as practice as, as you don't have to fight with other sheep. Right. Right. You don't have to fight with anyone else who might have an experience that would contradict yours. You know what I mean? Just like us as witches, you know, we have a, what is it? A un, unverified personal gnosis or something like that. UPG. Yeah. You get, we get UPG a lot, which is not invalid, but we have that because we have experiences. That's why mm -hmm. witches don't see converts because we don't care to, we don't have to. We know what the fuck we believe is real because we fucking see it. You know what I mean? Like we live this shit. I don't need to sit here and convince you to believe in what I do because rather you believe in it or not does not affect me, nor does it change the effectiveness of what I do. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's also with the caveat of me telling you beforehand, hey, this is my UPG. This is my own experience. Right. This is my, right. Nine times out of 10. You know, it may be different from yours. Right. You know, we, we might be working with the same deity, right? but my experience and your experience are both going to be valid. But you can't I get that. Like you have a new bong every time. I do because I always break them. Um, <laughs> you can't get that with Christianity because what are they doing instead? They're recycling the same two thousand year old stories about what happened to other people in the Bible and believing their stories and their experiences. That's what's happening. So it's a lot easier to say, no, the Bible says that Moses went up the mountain, blah, 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 this, that, and the third, than to sit here and have a discourse with six different people who all prayed to Yahweh and had six different experiences, and now you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. You know? We can't all be right. We can't all be right. Yes, you can. <laughs> like, it's like, this is, but that's the shit about them is it, this is not a right or wrong thing. But for them, it is. It comes down to being right or wrong. Mm -hmm. But that's not what this is about. You know, it, that's, the spirituality shouldn't be that. It's almost like the text is cutting them off from having the mystical experience that would make their religion real. It is. It is. It 100% is. Because you know what? How are you going to sit here and call the super... You're going to condemn the supernatural, but yet worship a supernatural god. You feel me? It's just like you're not even giving your own God room to work in your lives. And if he did, you would call it the work of the devil, which is the irony of it all. You know, so it's just like it, 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 you can't win. You can't win. I feel like so many times I'll bet God was actually there. You know, this egregore, this energy was actually trying to communicate with these people. And I, and I bet you they thought it was a demon in their house. So he got so frustrated, he just started murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, this is what I'm saying. This is, it's like, it's like Velez said, you're so lost and caught up in the text and in what this text says, you're not allowing your own experiences. There's no room for them. So please explain to me what your uh, issue with Paul is. Oh, Lord. Well, listen, Paul to me is the sole reason why Christianity is what it is today. And it's because 
all of the church's teachings, modern church's teachings, cite and recite Paul all fucking day. Sermons upon sermons on Paul's letters. Everything that Paul talked about. Paul never met Jesus. Ever. So it's just like so. It was more anger. No, but like it's angry. It, it, it makes me angry, bro. Because it's just like how, how. So the story, according to Paul, is that he was on his road on, you know, to Damascus. And then all of a sudden, mind you, Paul persecuted and killed Christians, mind you. That was what he did before becoming an apostle. So Paul's on his road to Damascus or whatever, just on his little ride. And all of a sudden, this light shines down and tells him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's like, who are you? And it's the voice says, I am Jesus, who you are persecuting. And all of a sudden, Paul goes blind. And this light voice that is Jesus tells Paul to go to Peter, who's going to go and heal him. So sure enough, Peter, you know, Paul does that and he go, he gets healed by Peter. Tell me how, instead of showing gratitude, Paul wants to resurface later at some point and catch beef with Peter because now Paul is writing all of these letters, Dika, that Jesus told me this and Jesus told me that and this is the law and this, this, this and that. Meanwhile, Peter is literally looking at this man like, yo, like, when did he say these things? Like, you never even met this dude. Like, like, like when, when were these words spoken? And Paul's literally like, I don't care. This is what Jesus said. And so what happens? Peter pretty much just got to shut the fuck up. Paul takes over, and here we are pretty much today. Um, now, the theory, I was actually talking to a Mason brother of mine, and he was telling me that uh, Paul was actually a Roman spy. And he was telling me that Paul's purpose was that the church of, or not the church, Rome saw that Christianity was becoming too much of a political issue. It was, coming, it was causing too much strife within, like, uh, their society pretty much. So they sent Paul in to essentially infiltrate the religion and then Romanize it so that they could use it to unite the empire. And when he told me that, all the puzzle pieces just fucking fell into place. I was like, you know what? That makes so much fucking sense to me. And he told me, I might have it, I, I, he told me, I might have it backwards with the way it goes. But he told me that the proof of that, because my friend is Jewish, and he said that when you do the, uh, I don't know if the communion is the right word to use for what they do, but the bread and, when they do their bread and wine, he says in, in yeah, would you use communion for that too? That's communion. Yeah. Okay. So when they're doing that, um, he says, and I believe he says it's the wine first and then the bread. He says was the way, but he says the Roman way was bread first and wine. And he says that that's how communion's done now. And he says that that's a true proof trace of Paul changing what Christianity was because they would have done it the other way because they were Jewish. You know, they would have done it the original way, which is why I was talking, uh, telling uh, my friend earlier today, you know, because her friend was telling her that the Christians call the, the early Christians call themselves Christians. And it's just like, no, they didn't. The First of all, the apostles were Jewish. And if you would have asked them, what you were, they would have told you, I'm a Jew. They wouldn't have said, I'm a Christian. Jesus wouldn't have said, I'm a Christian. Like, you know, but whatever, fuck Paul. It's all his fault. And that's, that's conclusion, conclusion. That's what I wanted to say. Paul sucks. He's garbage. And raging misogynist. Literally. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And then when, when the Roman council of Nicaea happens, 
whose writing gets precedent? Paul. And then and then all yes. of the stuff that's talking about all of the mystical shit. Well, that's the apocryphal. Uh, that's text the that apocryphal get, text. That's not the garbage. Yes, they toss it. Yes. Yes. The the all of the writings and the allusions to all of the women who were huge yes. parts of yes. ministry. Acts, Anna, his mother, Fekla. Mary, there is, Anna, his grandmother, there was so many Mary, his mother, Mary, his wife, out of the story. Out of the picture. Mm -hmm. Everything. Dude was a motherfucker. Everything. Paul was a raging, uh, yes, he was a raging misogynist. He hated women. Even so much, I think I said in the last podcast, he forbade the followers from even marrying women. Like, he just wanted nothing to do with them. May women be silent in the church. Like, he just, he did not like women. And actually, I, 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 I wouldn't even doubt that that he was probably gay, and and there was some time. That's what um, some biblical scholars have have speculated that his struggle with that could have been uh, the thorn in his flesh that he talked about that he was never able to overcome uh, in his mm -hmm. letters. Um, but yeah, he was a misogynist. The Council of Nicaea, like you said, Paul's letters took precedence over everything, and because Paul's letters are the most convenient for the message for what they're trying to get across not jesus's that's that, that that doesn't fit the narrative here that's why in churches who's paul condemning in all of his letters the secular world he's condemning everybody else he's he's condemning the non-religious people that's who paul is constantly criticizing that makes a lot more of a convenient narrative for the church to take than for jesus's narrative who was criticizing the religious authorities and leaders instead mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that's why I just don't like Paul. Like, it's just like, I don't, I hate Paul. Like, it's just, he, he was, first of all, he was the self-named fucking apostle disciple. Like, ain't nobody named him that. Like, no one named you that. Like, it's like, so it's just, it's just, it's crazy to me. Yeah. The Council of Nicaea, also people forget as well, is Christians talk about it like it was this divine moment. The Council of Nicaea was a fucking political move, bro. Like, we all know this. Like, Velez was just saying, it's just anything that was apocryphal, anything that was Gnostic, anything that was too mystical, gone. It's nay. That's not here. That's not going to be here. Instead, it's all of Paul's shit. Was Paul included in, um, I guess, I'm assuming so, the Last Supper? No. No? No. That's I why thought I'm... it was the, the 12 apostles. Yeah. There were 12 Or apostles. was it 11 of them and the other one was Mary? There were 12, 12, 12, including Mary. Oh, Mary was an apostle. Mary was an apostle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mary Magdalene was an apostle. People don't talk about that either. That's what I'm saying. It's just, but not only an apostle, and his wife. More than likely so was his mother and his <laughs> grandmother, but that's not in the story. Right. Right. But it was his wife though, too, you know? So it's just like it. it Wait, his mother and his grandmother were also apostles? They were, they were huge players in his mm -hmm. ministry. Yeah. Mary, Yes. So yes, they would have been considered apostles. Maybe not apostles. Like that's what I'm saying. I don't. That's the thing. The apostles didn't. When you really look at the Bible, they didn't worship Jesus. That's the thing. And why we do this is really beyond me. You know what I mean? There are things where it's say, you know, like they'll fall to their face, but to fall in your face, I mean, you would do that in front of a king. You know, it's just like that's an act mm. of reverence. That's yeah. not an act of worship I, I mean to us as a modern person you see someone doing that you look like you're worshiping but back in the day that that wasn't necessarily the case so i mean the, the, the disciples never worshiped jesus instead he was they were doing what he taught them 
which is he said, greater than these works I have done, you will do. That's what they were doing. He was showing them the way. He was literally telling them everything I'm doing, you guys can do. That's what he was telling the disciples, not worship me. We came later on and we did that. Weirdly enough, I know that he's not really worshipped, but I feel like in the Western world, they did that to him. But Buddha is a good example of that. Buddha just comes, he's just teaching, you know, but somehow throughout time, people start worshiping him, you know, or, or he becomes deified in some type of way, or people pray to him. He's, he's attained this kind of status that that's not really what he was trying to do. What was Buddha saying? This is the way to enlightenment. This is how you do it. That's what Jesus was saying too. You feel mm -hmm. me? So it's like, so you're worshiping the messenger instead of listening to the message <laughs> and that, that's it that's you know it reminds me of a a, a funny conversation with i think it was, it was a couple of years ago <clears throat> that somebody like asked me is like oh like you know you guys call yourself gardenarians like you you worship gardener and i was like no no <laughs> far from it in fact we all not all of us but there are definitely criticism criticisms against the man like, i mean he I wasn't perfect but we you know, the, do not. <laughs> I think he was trash. We do not worship him. No, we don't. But I mean, but I mean, it's a, that same aspect of you know we continue his his teachings and we build upon it. But like, it's not this veneration. He, we don't see him as a prophet. He wasn't like this. Right. Right. He, he's just he, another right, man. Right. That just so happened to spread. The he breath. created a good system of magic. That, that's that's mm -hmm. that's what he did. You know, and I had to accept that because, like you said, you know our criticisms of Gardner aside, you know, it's just, you, I, you can't think of the person. It's just, you kind of look at the message, right? So it's do just, we like him. Eh, eh. Do we like what he did? I appreciate the things that he has given to the craft and right. the community. Right. But no, I don't worship the man. It reminds me of that meme. I thought it was like, do I agree with Catholics religiously? It was like, no, no, I don't. Do I agree with them aesthetically? <laughs> yes. Yes. Georgian monks? Yes, very much. No, listen, I'm sorry. The Catholic aesthetic, just fucking kisses, man. That shit is gorgeous. Like, beautiful. Like, opulent. Like, it's beautiful as fuck. Um, opulent. Opulent. The category is <laughs> virgin pregnancy. I want to see... <laughs> I want to see Immaculate. I want... <laughs> oh, God. And virgin priests who aren't allowed to marry or spend time with women, but they spend a lot of time with each other. Right. Lots of special... And they, and they wear dresses. <laughs> but don't uh, touch the children. Oh, uh, please. Not touching the children. You know, that's some other shit, too. Uh, I'm sorry, I feel... I feel like pedophiles are going to be fucking pedophiles, bro. But I feel like the fact that the church like makes these people repressed, like you can't have sex, you can't do anything, you take this fucking vow of like nothing. I feel like you just one again. I mean, you're already a fucking pedophile. But I feel like you, any like people become perverted. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like mm -hmm. it's just I don't know. Like you just become deprived when you're just told no, 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 no. You feel the me? Human beings are already fucked creatures. Right. 
But I mean, look at look at. I mean, I'm thinking. I was thinking more like, and so of like, imagine it's just like we're we're priests. It's just like no, you can't have sex with men. Like you can never sleep with men. And it's just like what that does to us psychologically. You know, of just of just mm -hmm. not being able to have sex. You know, or just ex, uh, you know, I don't know. Just express yourself. Express yourself. Yeah, I guess you know, express your sexuality, whatever. Just, I mean, there's so many studies done on what that does to a person psychologically. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't doubt that these things were also the driving factor behind things like witch trials and all these other kinds of shit like that. Because imagine the the amounts of perversion that these people were reaching even just to see these women naked or just, you know what I mean? Just, just to do things like this, to inflict these kinds of cruelties onto other people because you yourself are so repressed and you hate yourself so badly. It becomes mm -hmm. so much easier for you to harm and do harm to other people because they deserve it and you have this righteous kick off of you know what you're doing it's kind of like frollo in uh uh fucking the hunchback yeah you know what i mean like frollo yeah. from the hunchback it's that same type of energy that same little dick energy i'm talking about like it's it's that like we're so co-signed onto this repressive anti-life philosophy that it just fucks you up in your brain. It, and mm -hmm. so all of the way that it manifests into your life is they're doing fucked up shit. No, exactly. You just start doing fucked up things. Like that's what I'm saying. I, I, again, it's that rip, that level of repressment. No, go ahead. I'm just saying you find that a lot with like homophobia as well. Like most of the people, not most of the people, but a lot of people who are tend to be very outwardly and aggressively homophobic tend to have their own repressed homosexual okay. desires it, yeah they do. exactly they do and they're angry at themselves for having them mm -hmm. so what happened and then for also for you expressing them for you being able to express them so freely mm -hmm. that's what makes them angry it's the fact that you're doing what they can't mm -hmm. so it's it's that kind of that's why there's a one tattoo that i really want to get it's a quote from oscar wilde and he says the world will always hate me because i represent all the sins that they're too afraid to commit and i love that because one at the time that he was saying that, I'm sure that was even more of a profound thing to say because of, you know, he was a bisexual. Okay, but um, it's a lot of words to say. You just like dick. That, but you know what I mean. That's just <laughs> Papa, You just like dick. Just and he went to jail for it. Yeah, yeah, that too. So, but but it's that same type of idea that it's it's that it's the religious people. It's hard. How could you love the world? when you hate the world for doing everything that you actually want to do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the thing. You want to party. You do. You're fucking lying if you tell me you don't. You want to drink. You want to smoke. You want to have sex with, with other people. You, want, you know what I mean? It's just like you want to live your life, but you're too afraid to is the issue because you're too hardwired with fear of hell and God's judgment and God removing his protection from you, whatever the fuck that means. As if as if nothing bad ever happens to Christians, right? You know, it's just nothing once you become a Christian, Never. that's it. Like you live you, a pure, good life. You are you are supernaturally sin. protected. Seventeen children. Yes. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. But yeah. So it's sad. It's sad because I still see there's still some people that I used to go to church with that bro, I'm like, bro, you were like real deal gay, bro. And they're still like in the in the closet, like doing the church thing. And I'm just like, bro, it's been like 
it's been so it's been over 10 years i'm like yo you're still doing this shit bro like honestly like it just reaches a point where like i just feel bad for you because it's just like i was there and like that level of of self-loathing that you have it's just like how are you dealing with that for so long like that's mm. just that's what really kills me man it's just like how could you keep doing this like it's it's sad i don't know if you guys ever remember seeing that movie it's older uh angels in america oh yes yeah. do you remember that one uh damn i kind of want to watch that movie yeah, I saw I saw when I was a lot younger. I was probably like sixteen or seventeen. But I remember there was the Mormon guy who was married to his wife and all of that. And let I me mean, come on, like how many of us have been on Grinder and you fucking the married men, bro? The married men, like re, you know, back in your whole days, like don't act like una santa tampoco. Don't don't act like because you're on a podcast that tu eres una pura, like you never done anything. You're pure. Don't even. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah. So all the married men on Grinder, like. I honestly, I think I, I laugh at it at first, but then I think about it and I'm like, God, this is just so fucking sad though. Like you have a whole ass wife and children uh, and you're on here sneaking around on this app. And a lot of them from talking to them, I've one were coming from religious backgrounds and mm -hmm. it's just like, it's like, of course, usually, yeah, of course, of course you are. Look at all of those Paula anti-gay Republican, like Christian uh people always getting caught with men bro constantly getting caught with men it's just like, like come always on. some male hooker always a male hooker somewhere but yeah and on that note i think we're we've we've feasted on christianity i think we have i think we've definitely uh the night. we've definitely sank our teeth into this one any closing closing statements no nope. go into the woods renounce christ live a much happier life okay so read the devil's dozen by Jim McCary is essentially what he's saying <laughs> I love that book I know. or you could do mastering witchcraft Paul Husson recite the Lord's prayer back probably better oh I've done that before and you know mm -hmm. on the closing note of that that's actually a really cool thing to do because I mean as far as it giving you powers I don't know about any of that but I think it, <laughs> it does a really good job Definitely helps you mentally. It does. It does. Because I'm not going to lie. When I first tried to do it, I was like, oh, shit, man. But it really is for people who are really religious. Like It's a really great way of psychologically breaking that that stronghold over you. Because let me tell you, you do that shit, you really do feel like you made a pact with some shit. You're just like, oof, that's mm -hmm. it. It's a done deal. Blasphemy's healthy. <laughs> a healthy blasphemy dose of blasphemy. <laughs> It's good for the skin. Look at the three of us. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful glowing, beautiful, glowing, youthful, radiant, fresh. Nobody tell anybody our age. <laughs> what do you mean? We never age. I'm still 21. Thank you. Right. Right. All of us, 21. A hundred percent. The goddess has blessed us with youth for being unproblematic. Mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> Oh, who are you calling? Oh, <laughs> bitch, we're not about to run this on this podcast right now. It's all right. We're going to let it slide. That's the ending note. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Uh, Antonio, where can they find you on the social media? I know you've changed your goddamn Instagram like four times. Well, the last episode. that's because my other profile is under reconstruction. Uh, but oh, I look at Sorry, I saw my dog. He's so cute. 
um my other one's under construction so we're never gonna say so my instagram is if venus was a boy and Veles, would you like to share or would you like to also remain an enigma of the shadows <laughs> you can find me at Veles underscore horn i will thank the both of you for coming on and uh, pretty you. much trashing all of christianity no we weren't trashing christianity we were expressing our issues i'm sorry trashing all of the church okay yeah and we're definitely doing that. And Paul. <laughs> fuck Paul. Fuck Paul. Can we make a shirt no, that we're... says that? Yes. Ooh. Just for you. Oh, your birthday just passed. Damn, next year. I'm accustomed to that. I'm, I'm going to ask a custom shirt that says fuck Paul. Alrighty, you guys. Have a good night and see you soon. <laughs>